Greetings and welcome to St. Dominic's Weekly. This is Father Michael. We launch into the Advent season and Father Isaiah and I discuss how we might best prepare for the coming of Christ at Christmas, especially now as we're shelter in place and there are so many things in which we might be uh, anxious about or stressed about. I think how can we truly open our hearts to the coming of Christ? I want to take it from a little bit different vantage point this year and thinking about the coming of Christ. Christ never arrives alone. <laughs> He's always accompanied and certainly accompanied by angels. And so I thought about angels in Advent and to look how we can develop our awareness of those spiritual guides around us so that we might better develop a relationship with them. And I want to look at four stories that are inspired by that classic guardian angel prayer where we ask our guardian angel to light, guard, rule, and guide us. And those stories around angelic appearances to Mary, to St. Joseph, to the wise men, the magi, and then finally to the shepherds in the field, looking how each one of those stories uncovers a kind of dimension in which we might develop our awareness and our relationship with the angels. And we're going to do that with a, using an ancient spiritual practice of what's called Lexio Divina, reading the scripture and meditating on it from a particular vantage point of a certain point of view, an entry point. And that entry point is going to be from the perspective of the angel and that relationship with uh, that person to which they appear, because the best way to prepare is to be aware. Huh? And so we want to open our awareness to the spiritual life around us as we hopefully are prepared and are being prepared to receive the Lord come Christmas. So this is going to be the first part of a several parts. Today we're going to uh, talk about and reflect upon the Annunciation, the angel to Mary. And there's lots in there. There's all kinds of rich spiritual reflection for us and awareness. So fasten your seatbelts, whether you're on the go or taking it slow. Many, many blessings as you enjoy today's show. Greetings and welcome back to St. Dominic's Weekly. Father Isaiah here. Father Michael over there. What are you wearing? I'm sheltering. In place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got the new shelter in place. So I've got my, my St. Dominic's. Uh, this is for the video cast as opposed to the podcast. Uh, my <laughs> signature St. Dominic's. Radiating the joy of the gospel, a little full of our mask here. So now we get a little more articulate. Yeah, I can actually hear you now. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> there we go. So, so yeah, I thought it was we, we had a, a, a little bit of a Thanksgiving hiatus. I hope mm -hmm. everyone had a good Thanksgiving. Amen. We, we did. Yeah, we had, we had turkey. As is a lot of warrant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A, we did. We did. We had a, uh, some benefaction there. So, Amen. Uh, thank you to all those uh, who uh, helped to make our Thanksgiving meal delightful and scrumptious and possible. <laughs> scrumptious, best word. What was now? What was what was your favorite thing in the Thanksgiving meal? I think I have to say this turkey, right? Because well, you don't have to, even though. That you made it. <laughs> no, I made it. You don't have to. I think to. the stuffing was, actually was incredible, actually. The stuffing was interesting. So Father Isaiah <laughs> made what I was calling a rustic stuffing because they were like, they were, you know, like the little cubes of, of bread. Yeah, yeah. They weren't those. No, I just had bigger chunks of everything. Like big yeah. chunks of like yeah. sour, like, like. 
Yeah, like sourdough and (laughs) all this. You know what it felt like? It felt like, have you ever had those like French? A succotash? Yeah, it was a succotash. It was. It was a succotash. (laughs) But it was almost like, it was like savory French toast. You know, like those French toast sticks? Oh, okay. So they were kind of like in big cubes like that. Right. And then with all the different, you know, aromatics and herbs. Right. And 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 even little sausages. Yeah. 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 So it was interesting. It was was interesting. I I enjoyed it. Very good, but I. Not that for a first time. Yeah, no. The turkey came in. We 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 have a, um, a benefactor had given yeah. us uh, our oven. Kind of what was going kaput, so we we've got a, an oven that can handle uh, actually being when it says three hundred, it actually means three hundred, not somewhere around yeah. two twenty. <laughs> <laughs> Which is always it was always an adventure to bake with that with that with that other oh, oven. Oh yeah, yeah. You, you, you put something in, and the and recipe then you come would in say, thirty minutes later, and it's still just as cold as you. It yeah, or at sad. least you had you had a guess. Like you're like, okay, I know I'm putting this at 300, so this is probably getting up to like 250 max. So then you'd be like, you just crank everything to 500 and hope. And just hope. <laughs> and hope it got <laughs> he got up to he got up to somewhere around 375 and and called it good. But yeah, but yeah, no, I and and I thought the turkey. I actually did. I was I was I would and I can I I would say if I didn't if I didn't care for it, but I thought the turkey <laughs> I thought the turkey came out well. We I, the key to me is cooking the dark meat. And the light meat separately, so I yeah. I spatchcock it and kind of debone it beforehand, and that way, you know, light meat dries out. It's so a manly quickly. thing to take out that oh, yeah. uh, spinal cord, you know. Oh yeah, you so. did. Yeah, I know the prior saw me taking it out. He's like, "Oh my gosh!" <laughs> I'm like ripping. It's like Thor, like, <laughs> like ripping the <laughs> ripping the ripping the turkey in half with my. With You're the, I took a huge cleaver. Cleaver. You see? Did you see me do it actually? Yeah, Give a huge there. cleaver. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If it were appropriate for kids, I would put it on the YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> now, we had bought the turkey; they had already been dispatched. <laughs> I was, I was just uh, further dispatching. <laughs> right, you were cockspatching, or however. Yeah, whatever, spatchcocking. Spatchcocking, yeah, or however. Yeah. However, <laughs> however you say that. Yeah. No, but then, but then I, I just thought, you know, it's just we had, we had just like all these herbs and stuff in the in the pantry, so I was just we went for it with some some herbs an and herbal succotash. It was an herbal succotash okay. on the on the. On the, on the skin. So I thought it, I thought it came out. It was well. fun. It, it was, was it was night. fun. Yeah. It was fun. It got everyone involved with all the novices yeah. and everything. And so, um, so I hope you thank your, your Thanksgiving, perhaps not as uh, fulsome with family yeah. and friends. Uh, and I was just hearing from a lot of people that it was even for folks who were just uh, with their spouse or just with a small number of family as mm-hmm. they're used to. I just had, you know it was kind of a different a different kind of time, yeah. but a more reflective time and. And uh, hopefully a moment that we could all give thanks in. Right. Amen. In yeah. that way. So now we're into Advent. Right. And uh, I was thinking this time to talk a little bit about, uh, I've given a couple of uh, talks and, and reflections on angels, uh, as right. is our want. It, and this really came forth from the, uh, the Feast of Christ the King when we were preaching. And I kind of introduced that idea of parousia, of the mm-hmm. coming of Christ as King. That's what a parousia was, that when the King exactly. comes. Uh, to kind of restore order, to establish right. justice. And it occurred to me that if, okay, if we want, if, if Advent is about receiving Christ mm-hmm. as king, uh, what, how do we, there's so many ways we can kind of approach that kind of preparation. Right. Right. And what occurred to me, especially thinking about the second coming, is what's signature about the second coming is there are hosts and myriads yes. and this whole entourage mm-hmm. of spiritual creatures, of angels right. mm-hmm. that accompany Christ. And then, of course, then it clicked, oh, yeah, and of course, with the first coming of Christ, there's all kinds yeah. of angels involved. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and I thought, you know what? Of all the seasons that we have, angels are kind of signature in Advent. Yeah, that's true. That's right? true. Yeah. <laughs> we see, we see yeah. lots of angels in, in, throughout the Advent. And, and then, of course, uh, certainly during Easter as well. So the, it's kind of like 
Advent and Easter are kind of the two yeah. in Christmas are the, like two big uh, spots where you have lots of angelic activities. Yeah. In the scripture. Yeah. I mean, I, but but especially for Advent. I mean, when we think about the Christmas season, about Advent, we think about Gabriel coming. We think about the station. We think about um, uh, Gabriel showing up to Joseph. About the the shepherd scenes. I mean. We think about angelic moments. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, and let me tell, give you a little quiz. So I, I at the uh, announcements mm-hmm. uh, a couple of weeks ago, I said, okay, I'm going to give this talk and ask yourself, are there more angelic appearances in the Old Testament or the New Testament? Right. So we haven't prepped this, so I'm putting you on the spot no. here. So what would you, if you had a 50-50 chance anyway, what do you There's think? Old chance. Testament or New Testament? I'm not going to say anything else because I could try. I don't want to push you towards or away from, from well, what your instinct is. My instinct, because it's longer, that would be the old. But yes, however, <laughs> yes, good. I'm like it's like millionaire. You're kind of th- think think out the answer with me. <laughs> I, however, yeah, um, you need but, a lifeline. <laughs> no, I'm going to say it's new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're exactly right. That's yeah. good that you thought exa- that's exactly right. I too, uh, before I even did any kind of looking at just assumed that it would be the Old Testament because mm-hmm. they're the, the Old Testament, you got a Bible here. It's four. Yeah. See here, the, the, my, my thing is right on the, on the New Testament. It's four, the Old Testament is literally four, what, four or five times. I mean, not and that much, but, but, but new, at, yeah. least, at least three, three to four times length of the New Testament. Yeah. So just if there's equal number of, you know, a percentage of angels mm-hmm. in each body of, of literature and of revelation, there would be far more angels in Yeah the Old Testament, but it's actually the opposite, and it's not even close. So there's there's roughly, there's like 200, depending on how you count angelic experiences, even a reference to an angel or mm-hmm. an actual encounter, there's approximately 300 angelic encounters or moments in, in the, the New Scripture. Testament. In the, no, in, oh, the, in the whole in of the, the Bible. Okay. Yeah, and they, they start right from the beginning in Genesis. Right. So right, uh, the first angel, I think we see when Adam and Eve actually... Uh, specifically see an angel is r- when they're cast out mm-hmm. from the garden. Although uh, there's a good uh, reason to think that the angels were created on the first day when God said, there, let there be light. That's a whole nother mm-hmm. kind of, uh, right. uh, you know, extrapolation or insight into the scripture. But so in the very beginning, you've got angels right in the middle of creation. But then at the very last book of the Bible, Revelation, you've got angels it's all everywhere. It's, it's, all, all, it's all about angels. Yeah, yeah there's, there's myriads yeah. of angels there. So, so in the beginning to the end, in more than half of the books of the Bible, I think it's like 38 out of the 72 have uh, have angelic uh, kinds of, or at least half, about about half uh, uh, the the books of the Bible have angels. But there are roughly 200 references or angelic moments in the New Testament to approximately 100 in the Old wow. Testament. So it's a two, it's two to, to one ratio. It's a two to one ratio the, in the way. way. <laughs> Um, so, and that's what I, I like to say, and this is this is a point I, I like to make anytime I'm talking about angels, is that there can be a sense in which angels fascinate us. They're, right. They spark curiosity. I myself, I did my whole kind of, yeah. as you well know, my, math, my, my, my Hester's thesis on angelic yeah. kind of life, and especially around the philosophy and metaphysical insight into angelic life. Mm-hmm. And so I'm ta- looking at Thomas, Thomas Aquinas. Uh, and St. Bonaventure and right. those, those medievals and then kind of comparing it to modern day kind of contemporary, especially around the movies and stuff. Right. That's how I started yeah. the thesis yeah. in terms of talking about how we approach angels and how it can actually give us insight into our own human nature. But sometimes I find and have discovered that people can be really interested in angels in a, in a little bit of an unhealthy way. Right. That is, they're all about, okay, how can I kind of have an 
glimpse into the kind of invisible spiritual world and begin to kind of live in it, operate in it, kind of find a home. And it kind of like, almost like it's kind of like you're going deep sea diving and you're just open to whatever creatures come, come along, (laughs) so to speak. And that can be a little bit of a dangerous enterprise if you're not equipped for it. And so I say the scriptures always present the angels in terms of their relationship to Jesus Christ. Right. right. And so that's why there's double the number of angels where Jesus Christ actually shows up because yeah. they are his angels as, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, as St. Paul says in the Colossians, you know, um, that, that through the word of God, uh, all things were created, whether visible or invisible. invisible. And then he talks yeah. about principalities, powers, thrones, dominions, yeah. and so forth. And they are, but they are his when he talks yeah. about angels, the angelic host, they are, he's surrounded by his angels. So he, he right. makes it possessive of Christ. And so it makes good sense that there are more angels in the New Testament because there's more Christ in the New Testament, right. <laughs> just yeah. by definition. Yeah. <laughs> right? Whereas yeah. the Old Testament alludes to Christ and prophesies Christ and uh, has hints towards the coming of a Messiah, a Savior, an anointed one. Mm-hmm. Uh, angels uh, accompany the chosen people insofar they're preparing for them. But when yeah. actually Christ arrives, <laughs> then you actually got angels really on the scene in a very demonstrable way. Well, it just makes sense because like the... the the home of angels is in heaven, is not on earth. They are sent to earth to do a particular thing. Michael was sent to do something. Gabriel was sent to do something. Raphael as well. And but but their home though is in heaven to be near the throne. So it just makes sense that when the second person is among us, that the entourage would be surrounding him in one way or the other as well. Yeah, I like that. When 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 heaven comes to earth, <laughs> the whole heavenly shows entourage shows up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. So, I mean, that's not strict. I mean, there's a way, there's certainly ways in which angels appear even before Christ, but to that right. extent, Christ is, is kind of present in his creation anyway. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, so you've got, so that's a good way to put it. Heaven, when, uh, when heaven kind of breaks into earth, you kind of get the um, signal of that. Yeah. <laughs> kind of the, yeah. the, the canary in the coal mine kind of thing in a spiritual <laughs> right. way. Right. You yeah. get a, you yeah. get a little bit of a forewarning because you all of a sudden angels begin to pop up all over mm-hmm. the place. So, yeah. so I was thinking about that, just how, can we approach uh, our uh, an awareness mm-hmm. that is revealed to us in the scripture? And then secondly, a kind of devotional uh, relationship mm-hmm. with our angels in a healthy way, always towards Christ, but, but always seeking the will of God, but through the ministry and the intercession of and the encouragement of spiritual creatures through right. the angels. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. so that, that's kind of been on my mind. And so I thought, why, why don't we just kind of chop it? I mean, we did do, um, there's that ancient form of penetrating or examining or reflecting on the scriptures called Lexio Divina. Right. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, well, let's, let's stick to a little Lexio on some of those very notable, famous Advent scriptures mm. around and, and, you know, going yeah. into Christmas as well, where you have, Angels appearing to, to Mary, right. to Joseph, mm-hmm. to the shepherds, mm-hmm. and yeah. then finally to the wise men, right? So right. you've, got, you've mm-hmm. got these kind of like this whole swath of moment when you've got both Mary and Joseph, key players, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the Magi who start their journey and ultimately right. need the angels to help them uh, kind of be guided in the end, at the end of right. the day. And then even, even the shepherds who, yeah. who are totally unaware and, and get kind of the first, they hear the first to hear the good news, if you will, yeah. the, the, the evangelium, the, the good news and through, through angels. So I thought, let's take those four stories right. and let's kind of unpack them. Yeah. Um, and I thought that a way to kind of thematize it would be through the uh, guardian angel prayer. Ah, okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> now, if someone asks you, you know, how do we know we have a guardian angel? What, what do you tell them usually? 
Like Father Isaiah, well, do I have a guardian angel? Because that's, that's oh, a question yes. I'll, I'll get from time to time, or or just wanting to know more about my guardian angel and yeah. what what we can do and stuff like that. But if just the existence of what what do you? What, what, well, that was a your... question that was actually speaking in the back of my mind of of it strikes me that some people even even that they would struggle with the very existence mm. of angels mm-hmm. in the first place. Yeah. Um, and moreover. Would God love me so much that he would actually give me a guardian of some sort, right? Part yeah. of it is that we simply just don't know the full dynamism of the spiritual life and, you know, what dangers and blessed blessings there are in the spiritual life that we would need a guardian and a guide. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's where my mind went to the very fact that some people don't even believe that angels exist. Yeah, no, and it's it's interesting that you say that because I know the recent one of the recent like uh, Pew studies, mm-hmm. also maybe supported by Gallup, is that there are people who struggle with the existence of God. Does God exist? Mm-hmm. But actually, that folks um, they believe in angels before they believe in God is a simple way to put it. In other words, That's they think there's a spiritual life. In other words, yeah. they're not total materialists, mm-hmm. but they don't think there's any kind of like order to things. They just think, oh, there the possibility of there be of there being in kind of invisible realm or horizon or <laughs> dimension that we're not uh, in a sense totally aware of is, is more possible, or at least maybe they've had experience of some kind of, mm, kind of a subconscious or, mm. or, or a kind of sixth sense kind of experience of before they would believe there's, again, an all loving personal God that's revealed to them. So it's interesting whenever I talk about angels, even people who don't even, be- don't believe in God are actually interested to hear about it. I know, I know I've given talks yeah. about angels and <laughs> someone approached me afterwards and said, I really was fascinated by that. And so I, I, I assumed that they were a Catholic because it was, you know, I'm a Catholic priest giving a talk yeah, at a right. parish. And they're like, oh no, I just, I saw this, I saw this on some kind of, you know, the Facebook, you know, bulletin kind of thing from a friend. And, <laughs> and I don't really believe in God. I think it's, I think that's, uh, that's not, I was like, oh, <laughs> but that, but, really? but yeah, exactly. And so, and then I thought, oh, that's interesting. And then I since discovered that's that's I want to say common, but that's not unusual. Okay, that's not unusual. Um, so, but but getting back to that sense of so so it's a nice. I think talking about angels just in general can be a nice starting point for people who think of you know even organized religion or the existence of God as being you know okay a bridge too far and just not out of but but the idea that there would be someone on our shoulder. <laughs> kind yeah. of, guy, there are moments in our lives where we feel uh, some kind of presence, <laughs> either good or ill. We get the moments mm-hmm. of the hairs on the back of our neck or, or yeah. we feel, you know, in some way something has inspired us or moved us to a certain decision. Uh, that can make sense to people in a way that maybe mm-hmm. uh, the idea of, of God is, or at least their experience of, uh, of, of God uh, can be a little more, but for whatever reason, a little bit more uh, of an impediment. Um, right. But when it comes to guardian angels, when, when people ask me, I say, "Well, don't take my word for it. <laughs> take, yeah. take Jesus' word for it." For those right. for those who 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 are Christians, right? Uh, Jesus says in the Gospel of Matthew, especially when he's talking about um, the greatness of of children, when when the uh, yeah. when the when the disciples are saying, "Who's the greatest?" Right, <laughs> brings out this kid. Yep. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> like whoops, <laughs> and then he doubles down by saying, right. um, "Don't despise or scandalize these little ones." Mm-hmm. Uh, because I tell you uh, that their angels talks mm-hmm. about their angels. <laughs> so Jesus doesn't talk a lot about angels, but he he talks about the ascending and descending. He talks about angels in reference to his ministry. But he, he says this child and these and children um, have an angel that is beholding the face of God in right. this moment, right? Yeah. And so, uh, to to put it, one of the certainly implications of that is that. Um, 
God loves us so much <laughs> that there is a, if you will, let's call it a guardian mm-hmm. <laughs> or a yeah. or a protector or a guide or someone to 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 um, enlighten us that is specially assigned to us from the very beginning of our life when we're children, right? right? When we're young, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which I think answers another kind of question. When do we get at a guardian angel? I would think at conception, I would think, or even before then. Yeah, I think I think we'd, if you just take what Jesus' words are, he doesn't seem to limit it. He doesn't no. say, you know, that this child is like, you know, is like a, a good Jewish boy or girl, no. you know, like like is yeah. a, a faithful servant of, of the covenant. So there's nothing about baptism no. or, yeah. or you know, being a child of God per se in, in, a, in, a, in a kind of sacramental sense. Yeah. So baptism, so I think he just, if, you, if, you, if you've been a child, You've got a, yeah. you've got a, you've got if a, you've got an angel. Child, yeah. If you've ever been a child, if, you, if you've, uh, <laughs> if you, I don't know if you've seen the, the, the movie Benjamin Button. If you're Benjamin right. Button, you're reverse aging. Yeah. So you start all, and then you don't get a guardian angel to your, until you're at the end of your life when you're a child. <laughs> <laughs> otherwise, otherwise, otherwise. You, you've got a guardian angel. That, that's what right. seems, Christ seems to imply. Yeah. And yeah. That, that, that guardian angel is a sign of God's love. Mm-hmm. Like God cares about so much and cares about our well-being, especially our eternal well-being, that he has given the ministry of another, another person, another spiritual creature yeah. to our care and custody. Yeah. Yeah. So, so having said that, then there's that, that traditional prayer of the guardian angel prayer, angel of God, my guardian dear. To whom God's love commits me here. here, ever this day be at my side to light, light <laughs> and to guard, guard and to rule and guide. guide. Amen. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> no, see, so you, you don't have that. You, you're not. You're not from. Or you're familiar Wasn't, with it, but you don't. Never grew up with it. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, we grew up with a not with that prayer. I mean, mom had different prayer. Well, we, we were a rosary family. Okay, so sure. We, it, that was the bread and butter. Okay. So, yeah. What about prayer? Is there is prayer to St. Michael at all? Were you familiar with that growing up really or not really? Familiar, but not to the point of we memorizing like some people uh, I know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I actually had to enter the order in order to learn it well really? enough to have it memorized. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. See, I, I, once again, I uh, certainly, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, people's family background are, are you know, either yeah. more or less information. I'm certainly gifted in that way, blessed in that way. Yeah. Uh, but the, the idea that... Uh, kind of how to put it devotion to angels is even amongst Catholics kind of spotty. It's not Mm -hmm. necessarily, not everyone is familiar with kind of angelic kind of devotion and things like that. So, um, so I'm, I'm all about it. So that's why we're doing this. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you did, you wrote a thesis on it. So So we're going to take the angel prayer and then use that as our guide through, ha guide. Ah, Yeah. You got it. Through, uh, throughout, through the Advent season. Let's do this. You ready? Yeah. Okay. So I think the first, the, the, the real, uh, so take first the lighting or you might say enlightenment as a, mm-hmm. as a word. So uh, we think of wisdom here where we ask God for it right. and the Holy Spirit. And here's a good point to make too. Can can we tell definitively when it's our angel who's kind of behind the, the wheel or part of the process of enlightenment rather than God himself? No. No. <laughs> Except no. if there's some kind of revelation like yeah. we see in this first a moment of the, Advent Christmas, which really kicks off with the angel Gabriel appearing to Mary. Mm-hmm. And it really is a moment of enlightenment. It's, yeah. it's a moment when God's wisdom, his, his plan is made uh, not just apparent, not just announced, but, but offered to Mary. In other words, and God who is wisdom says, here's, here's what the plan looks like if you're willing to accept it. And he does this through the angel Gabriel. 
Yeah. So, yeah. so, so just to, just to kind of give ourselves, uh, we'll just, I'm just going to, I'll just, I'll just read, read through and then we can kind of like, what, 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 what um, kind of pops out to us, especially about Gabriel. So yeah, this is at Luke chapter one, the announcement mm-hmm. of birth of Jesus. So in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a town of Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And coming to her, he said, hail, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at what was said and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. Then the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. And he will be great and will be called son of the most high. And the Lord God will give him the throne of David, his father. He will rule over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end. But Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I have no relations with a man? And the angel said to her in reply, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month for her who is called barren, for nothing will be impossible for God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. So there we have the gospel right mm-hmm. there. So kind of breaking that down, maybe taking it kind of like moment by moment. Right. Mm-hmm. What does enlightenment look like? So what do we have? We have the very the kind of the, just the appearance of, of Gabriel in the, in the, in the sixth month. Right. Uh, and you have uh, the... Mary doesn't say what she's kind of doing, but she's the, come, the, the angel Gabriel appears to her. It says, coming to her. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I like that there's some images of, of, you know, this being a moment of prayer for Mary. Right. There's others where she's just kind of like, you know, in a kind of more domestic setting right. where she's kind yeah. of like doing something, yeah. <laughs> kind of like some chores or something like that. There's this one <laughs> modern some... painting where yeah. it looks like she just woke up. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Very good. Um, yeah. uh, one of my favorites is... Uh, the uh, where Angel Gabriel does not have human form, but it's just it's a, by Tanner, uh, and, and it's it, like a sheet of light. Yes, yeah. it, 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 Gabriel's like a sheet of life off to the the left hand side, and Mary is is kind of um, and it's very a Jewish kind of setting. Mm-hmm. So she definitely is a kind of has the features of a, of a Jewish woman, and, and the clothing she's wearing is kind of distinctively yeah. looks you know of the time, ancient Near Eastern mm-hmm. kind of set up with a with a kind of the low <laughs> the low bed that she's kind of yeah. sitting on the on the edge of and kind of just just kind of in meditation but just you can see uh, a kind of meditation but also a little surprise in her right. in, in her in her visage um, so it's a, that's a really uh, it, it is both um kind of feels realistic in terms of the mary kind of uh, depiction yeah. but then otherworldly in this like just really powerful kind of beam of light, you know, just kind right. of like you, you're not dealing with um, some kind of superhuman. You're dealing with a kind of alien force, which right. angels are, it's mm-hmm. a spiritual person that goes beyond the right. material world kind of thing. So that always, I, I always, that's one, yeah. of my, one of my modern favorites. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. 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 So, so whatever that encounter is, the Bible doesn't necessarily extrapolate it, but gives us food for thought. But the first thing it's saying is how does Gabriel begin? He says, hail, highly favored one. Right. So, or hail Mary, full of grace. Hail Mary, full of grace. <laughs> First of all, just giving her that title, yes. it's illuminated yes. that she has this gift. Yes, right? yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And of course, we call the um, if you want to thematize this theologically, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? This is the 
uh, as been revealed by the church and in fact uh, not demonstrated but but in a sense pointed out by the church definitively that that this is the core scripture behind the doctrine of the Immaculate Conception right Right? so she's she's full of grace in in every way and uh, so the idea then that there's any part of Mary's human experience that is not radically open to and being filled by the Holy Spirit is kind of put to rest or to put right. it positively mm-hmm. that uh, the angel says, Mary, you could not, and the, the Greek here is actually, uh, there's a use of a participle when, when it says um, favored. Um, uh, it's that sense in which he's completely filled and cannot be more possibly filled. Right. <laughs> so it's yeah. kind of, if you know, participles are kind of like a, a verbal action, right? Yeah. And so that Mary Mary is continually and always being filled with, not just like overflowing, static, yeah, with, overflowing with, yeah. with, with, with the divine presence right. in her life. It's like, it's like, whoa, this is this. And it's not, it's a word you don't find really anywhere else right. uh, in, in scripture. And so it's unique for for this moment. And so what the first moment is Mary learns something about herself, yeah. <laughs> right? Because the St. Yeah. Thomas says, we can't, t- I mean, we can have signs, we can pray for, we can hope that, you know, we're always in the midst of God's will, but not even Mary herself would have had direct insight into the fact that the Holy Spirit was completely available available to her. She, St. Thomas says, we can't know for sure from the state of grace. Yeah. All right. That's part of the whole, the whole, whole point is that if we would reflect on that and kind of rest on our laurels, we probably yeah. would, <laughs> you know, fall out of that. So we've yeah. always, we've always got to be striving to be open to the Lord. And so the angel says, Hey, you know what? You, you are fully kind of comprehensively infused and, yeah. and overflowing with God's presence. Yeah. That would, that's, that's a revelation. That <laughs> in itself mic, is a mic drop. That, you know? that, that, <laughs> that's all the angel did was say, hail Mary, full of grace, you know, the Lord is with you and disappeared. Mary, that would have been enough. That would have been enough for me. <laughs> right? <laughs> Mary would have known something about her, about the angel, and then he could have come back and, you know, gave the rest of the message or or, or kind of taken it one step at a time. <laughs> that was enough. So that, that's huge. That's that's worth worth uh, pondering. And it has been, I mean, certainly took the church a number of years to definitively mm-hmm. kind of like articulate exactly what that meant in its fullness. There was the immaculate. So we, there had been talking about in terms of uh, Mary, that she was sanctified from the moment, but was she conceived? in the moment so there was these kind of um, distinctions of being made especially around the uh, sense of of at what point was Mary completely overflowing uh, but the church ultimately says no from the very from the tradition the very beginning of her existence um, then you have uh, kind of the second moment is one in which uh, Mary doesn't respond to this greeting yeah <laughs> she's quote unquote greatly troubled yeah by what was said <laughs> and thought what kind of greeting what is, is this? this what is this who yeah. is this what's going on here <laughs> and so the the gabriel here and i would say unless it's a hidden manifestation of an angel like for example when saint mm-hmm. paul says you know do you not know that you have entertained angels unawares at times yeah. right so there, there are those moments for sure in scripture but more or less when an angel appears or makes himself presence or felt and doesn't bother hiding at least a glimpse of his spiritual reality mm-hmm. and the glory of God that, that angels uh, now are in the presence of. It's always a, oh my goodness moment. Right, exactly. <laughs> right? It's exactly. always yeah. literally awe-inspiring. Right, yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and so because of that, what does the angel usually say first off the bat, more or less? Fear not. Yeah. Do not be afraid. I'm only, you know, I'm a servant of God, just like you are, or 
whatever. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. be not afraid. So to yeah. kind of echo Christ, be not yeah. afraid. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> he says it over and over. Be not afraid. Don't be afraid. Fear not. Yeah. And we'll see this in, in a number of the yeah. uh, pretty much every <laughs> yeah. every encounter, angelic encounter, where the angel has to say, "Take a deep breath." Yeah. Be not afraid. Right. I'm coming with good news. Yeah. I'm coming to let you know something that God has for you. It's a moment of joy, not of not of fear. Or at least the fear you don't you don't need to uh, persevere in that fear. That fear yeah. doesn't paralyze you. I guess the angel doesn't say, uh, in, in a sense, I mean that fear is bad, but just don't don't be afraid. No need to let yeah. that fear overwhelm you. Right. I mean, which is what's what makes the the Blessed Mother's response so so mysterious. I mean, she didn't have a divine freak out. She yeah. Just, she just. <laughs> She was confused. Yeah, like, okay, exactly. What is this all about? <laughs> yeah. um, which makes Gabriel's next line about fear not kind of funny and ironic, mm. actually, because mm. she's not she did she's not exhibiting fear mm. at least in some way. I mean, there must. Um, but uh, yeah, that's you know? a good, that's a good question. So, can angels know how we're feeling? Right. Yeah. Yeah, because it's it's kind of like so. It says she was troubled. So, yeah. but it doesn't it doesn't say exactly you know what how this took like physically, but, but it seems like Gabriel at least had some sign to like mm. give her, give her a little bit of a deep breath, you know, a kind of uh, response. Uh, otherwise he would have, there would have been a no need. Right. So, so um, when it comes to angels, I think uh, certainly they can't, that, like no other person can know our innermost thoughts. Right. In a sense, I mean, God who has created us and who is continually creating us and sustain us in existence, of course, is if quote unquote aware of our thoughts, but not even God uh, kind of intervenes in kind of forcing our free will, right? There's always a mm-hmm. choice there. And we see this here in the angel, but when even spiritual creatures, angels and demons, they, they don't have, since they're creatures, they don't have access to our innermost thoughts unless we invite them. We give them that permission. permission. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and so perhaps in this moment, Mary being so open to the Holy spirit, her, kind of psyche or emotional status was, was kind of, um, how to put it, wearing it on her sleeve, so to speak, spiritually right. speaking, like yeah. she wasn't a good poker player in this way. Yeah. <laughs> or if there was some physical manifestation, I would say this angels cannot read our thoughts at the same time though. Angels are masters of body language and yeah. of picking up, you know, nonverbal, what we, right. we, we, we would right. classify as nonverbal cues of right. sure. how we're doing, right? Mm-hmm. So, so the angels and the demons are the world's best poker play. They would, they right. would, if they, if they took on bodily form, <laughs> yeah, they would smoke it. <laughs> they yeah. would, they would smoke out the poker room. Yeah, <laughs> it's just not, not, not based on the, as every poker player tells you. It's not, it's not necessarily over the long term. It's not about the cards. It's about the player, other yeah. players reading mm-hmm. their heads. So they'd be able to pretty much hone in on every tell and every everything just because they're perceptive both in terms of their uh, perception of the material world but also their ability to um, be living and natural in if you will the invisible realm that if we open Mm -hmm. ourselves up to they have full access to in that way so be as it may as they say (laughs) mary exhibits some kind of um, perturbation where she's (laughs) she's uneasy and so this is why gabriel says uh, once again a defining characteristic of angelic experience and a good tool of discernment when uh, anyone asks me you know okay i've had this experience is it good is it bad what's going on here was your soul put to a point of disquietude that still is persevering and it's really uneasy or at some point was there a sense of 
tranquility, a sense of even if it was a difficult mm-hmm. message or, I mean, you see the prophets getting angelic and they, they're not, they're not crazy. Jonah, not real crazy about the message right. he got to, right. <laughs> to, to go to Nineveh, yeah. but he wasn't, there wasn't consternation. He knew that's what God wanted. He was in no doubt about that. So it was, or is there peace of mind? Angels always bring, if not a joyful message, <laughs> right. a sense of the harmony and the tranquility that comes with God's message for us, right? right? Even if it yeah. means we have to, we're ch- the mountains can both challenge us and yet be, um, bring a kind of sense of, of, of a right harmony or, or tranquility right. at the same time. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's, that's kind of number two, what, enlightenment in terms of that sense of, of, of being uh, put at ease. Then he reveals uh, for us uh, the kind of the, and for, for, uh, for that sense of salvation, the, the big moment you will conceive and bear a son and, and name him Jesus. Right. Now, we're, our province is dedicated to... The holy name of Jesus. Yeah, right. So, so we're, yeah. we're friars. So we're, we're the Western Dominican province, but we are, mm-hmm. as patrons, yeah. uh, we are members of the province of... The holy name of Jesus. The holy name of Jesus. Yeah. We, in fact, we have the holy name altar, mm-hmm. which I think I've shared before. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's unique in every way. It's, it's actually where we actually built the creche that we're, where we've right. got on the yeah. church. So, yeah. so come by if you want to see our, our creche. The church is open in the, uh, in the, every, every day in the afternoons from mm-hmm. 12 to 4. And we've got our, we've got our creche coming together. Yeah. With the, the wise men are on the way. They're exactly. not there yet. But yeah, they're, exactly. yeah. <laughs> they're in route. They're traipsing <laughs> around the triforium exactly. and coming down south. Mary and Joseph yeah. are, are there. No, yeah. no babe yet. Yeah. <laughs> So, so, uh, so that's that holy name altar. So here is the revelation, just as the, the, the first words of the angel were words, which enlightened Mary to who she was in relation to God mm-hmm. and by extension enlightened for all the church forever of the immaculate conception. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so to now the angel in the second moment, allays any fears says, be not afraid. And then thirdly reveals something about who God will be in his incarnational form. Right. He will be called Jesus, yeah. the holy name, the one who saves, as, we, as we'll hear in other stories as well. And I, I think of what a, just once again, the power of just that piece of this moment is akin to when Moses mm-hmm. has his experience with, right. the, with the burning bush, right? right. Um, and he comes to the burning bush, he's... He's awed by it. He takes off his sandals. He approaches. Yeah. He's basically told not to fear. And after that kind of message of, okay, you're going to save my people from Israel, rescue your people, Moses has a few questions. Right. <laughs> right, right. And the upshot of it is that for Moses, he wants to know the name of, he said, it, when I go, who should I tell sent has me. sent me? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And this is where he gives the, the yeah. I am, I am who, who am. I am yeah. who am. Or the... Yeah. Uh, what what is it in uh, in Latin? Tetragrammatron. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a transformer name. It Te- does. Uh, tetragrammatron. That's, or something. that's the only reason I remembered it. <laughs> so because it sounds like a transformer. Or some kind of uh, a multi-sided uh, um, spherical uh, kind of shape, kind right. of ge- geometrical shape. Like right. you got the dodecahedron. Yeah. Exactly. The, uh, the isosceles triangle. <laughs> and the <laughs> tetragrammatron. It comes from fo- what, the tetra is four. So, four. Yeah. So basically, it's the four. The four, the four letters. Letters, the four letters. So, yeah. so Y H W H, which is the name of God, and no one knows vowels in in, yeah. in the Hebrew, and so it's it's you just kind of fill them in. No one actually knows how to pronounce it except the high priest as they pass it along, and because of that, when you talk about God, you use circumlocutions like 
E-L-L or Elohim, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, knowing you actually don't say that. So anytime the, the, my name is used, it's, it's the Yahweh is yeah. kind of the substitute for it. But it's or the Adonai name. or El Shaddai or just absolutely so titles. You, yeah. you, have, you have titles, exactly. So here, it's like as important as the kind of quote unquote name of God, which is the power, I am who am, the I am existence itself, uh, this revelation is to Moses and the, the chosen people in establishing the idea of one God, monotheism. Mm-hmm. Here you have the angel, in a sense, revealing the Trinity from the perspective of <laughs> the Holy Spirit, so named the Holy Spirit as mm-hmm. opposed to the Father, will come upon you, and the child will be the Son of God and will yeah. be named Jesus. Jesus. So you have the name for the second person of the Trinity who will take on flesh. Right. That's every bit as revelatory as that moment of the burning bush right. uh, there. Um, and it's interesting because, uh, especially in the East, uh, the Eastern fathers uh, love to make connections between the burning bush, the bush that was on fire but not consumed, with uh, the Virgin Mary who is pregnant uh, w- without natural uh, consummation in mm-hmm. that way. And in other words, you've got, you've got burning but not consumed, and you have pregnant without necessarily consuming. It yeah, basi- just, basically, it's, it's, it's this moment of miraculous conception. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, and, and so this kind of fits in that the, the, the divine naming in each kind of fits into that kind of meditation of the Mary as the burning bush of the New Testament, if right. you will, the one who yeah. is set afire from the Holy Spirit, yet not consumed by the Holy right. Spirit, exactly. but rather that fire, if you will, actually takes on human nature, human form right. in her yeah. womb. And it's, she's not destroyed, but, but in a sense, uh, flourishes through it. I, I, that um, when the angel Gabriel uses the word overshadow, yes. it's, it's, it undercuts of, it, there's so much in there of yeah. what that overshadowing means, right? Kind and of the undertones. Of yeah, the, thing. the undertones. Are, yeah. are you thinking particularly of anything particularly? Well, um, no, just that like, just the word itself when he says overshadow, mm-hmm. it just, it seems so uh, prosaic, very calm and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But if we just unpack Mary's life and the Lord's life and mm-hmm. um, just this life of dynamism and adventure and um, of prayer and just revelation as well. Yeah, so, I'd, have to, I'd have to look yeah. to see what the word was in, in the Hebrew uh, or in the Greek here. Uh, but yeah, it does connote, at least in English, that sense in which overshadow um, is, once again, complete kind of, uh, comp- I think of when it's raining or something like right, that. Yeah, yeah I'm thinking about whatever. like Seattle. <laughs> yeah. Whereas... You, you, want, you want something yeah. to complete, kind of, it's, it's complete coverage. <laughs> yeah. Right, so, so there, and it's interesting, we were talking about, um, I was talking to someone recently about uh, Maximilian Colby because we were we had done um, mm-hmm. the uh, total dedication uh, to uh, to Mary, the true devotion yeah. mm-hmm. to Mary, and one of the great champions of that in his own way was Colby uh, was, himself, yeah. was Maximilian Colby, and he has I think, and we've talked about this I think before, but the you know, some of the best um, insight into the Immaculate Conception right. there, and so he talks about how the Holy Spirit completely infuses Mary in a sense, or is, yeah. is kind of has this almost bridal spousal imagery uh, that that's there too. So you've got you've got the, the angel naming that the, the the name of Jesus in that way. So. Uh, that's that's uh, so angel not only names Mary who she is kind of allays fears and then the big moment the revelation of the name of God incarnate Jesus right. um, which then leads to um, I think another very important point uh, when he says the uh, when Mary has a has a has a question, how can this be? And this is where the angel says the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power will overshadow you. So that's the that's kind of the fourth minute. 
how is this going to happen? Well, here, let me give you the, the kind of like the, the mechanism by which yeah. it will happen, that overshadowing that you talked mm-hmm. about and that sense of that full infusion of the, of the Holy Spirit in that way. So that's, once again, that the how it will be, God always gives us a kind of a, an insight into that, the nature of his working with us in that way, which then leads to what, what are we on the fifth, the fifth, kind of the fifth moment <laughs> within these moments, these little micro moments within moments where the angel says, behold, Elizabeth, your relative, has conceived a son. And I think this is interesting because um, very rarely do angels appear and then not somehow confirm the message outside of the initial encounter. Does that make sense? Right. In other words, I think for any, in any human experience, you might think, oh, I, I had this moment of this encounter, this inspiration. Was it real or was it just yeah. me kind of, was I, yeah. did I just, uh, wait, I think of, <laughs> I think of uh, Dickens and, and the Christmas Carol where an right. Ebenezer Scrooge is, is, is visited by the yeah. person and he's like, oh, maybe it was a bit of mustard gone yeah. bad uh, or maybe yeah. it's maybe it a little indigestion. Like maybe yeah. I'm seeing things cause I, I, you know, I'm off my meds kind of thing. Yeah, like, exactly, like, yeah. like uh, there's, there's, there can be physical chemical explanations for sometimes when we, we think we have experiences and certainly angels know this. And so there's not a, an important message of an angel that's not confirmed right. outside of the very right. encounter yeah. itself, right? So you think of it, this is not exactly an angelic experience, but but Samuel, when he hears the voice of the Lord, right. and he's not quite sure what's going on, and, mm-hmm. and so uh, Eli says, just say, speak, Lord, your servant. Like, it'll it'll come back again. Like, like he, he, if the Lord wants to get in touch with you, <laughs> yeah. even if you don't have the answer machine on, he's, he's going to keep calling, yeah. <laughs> right? Even if, your, even if your answer machine is full at the time, <laughs> your voicemail is, yeah. is not set up, he's going to keep calling. Like, he's not going to give up on it. And so, um, once again, when, when, when people say, how do I know this particular moment was from God or the Holy Spirit or an angel, I said, well, very easy. (laughs) Has it been confirmed in any way? Has Mm -hmm. something else outside of that moment seemed to give a sense of it? And if it isn't, if there's no confirmation, then it's probably not a a fully authentic kind of initial experience. And so every time an angel has something important to say, there's going to be some further backup. There's going to be some kind of um, confirmation that that comes right. with it. So, which is just another, I think, very important part of uh, the angelic kind of discernment, right. you might say. So that's number five. And then number six, here's where I, I say, um, uh, this is before Mary's, let it be done to me according to your word, which is that moment of incarnation. But uh, the angel uh, says, uh, it concludes that, that confirmation by giving what I call the, the, kind of wisdom or the motto of wisdom or the kind right. of like the, 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 the tagline of enlightenment, if you will. Like it's, a, you know, huh. it's, it's kind of like, you know, your movie trailer and you're like, you know, you've got, you've got kind of like the, the, the subtitle for it. Right. right. <laughs> and yeah. that is when it comes to wisdom, when it comes to God, nothing is impossible for God. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. when it comes to name God's will and you kind of like put it out there, like, you know, becoming man, saving sinners, you know, uh, ca- calling, you know, calling the Gentiles and you think, yeah. Is that po- nothing is impossible. <laughs> that can right. be like that can be like you know, colon nothing is impossible right. with God. Exactly. You know, Christmas yeah. nothing, nothing is impossible with God. God. The Eucharist nothing is impossible. With God. Right. You know, there was creation. Nothing is impossible with God. So exactly, yeah. <laughs> any any big moment of God's intervention with uh, creation and with uh, His chosen people or with anything always comes with if you with the codicil nothing is impossible exactly. with God, right? yeah. so there's a i think uh, this is kind of the angel gabriel voices or articulates 
the motto of enlightenment right. or the or kind of the tagline or the or the summary if you will of of what that's all about um so yeah so we've got we've got these moments of of course of of um how angels and you can kind of unpack that uh for us so uh in terms of uh, the angelic experience, uh, perhaps this is a good place to maybe end. Well, I think this is that like C.S. Lewis, this might be a, uh, a series, might be a, okay. might be a two-parter here. All right. <laughs> might be yeah. a two-parter. I think we will leave it there for that was, there was rich. Maybe, uh, we'll, we'll come back next week and unpack. So this was the, the, the light. So we still got rule. rule. Guide guard and guide. Guide. So we got, yeah. we got three more. So we'll see how long we'll see how long it takes us to do let's that. Keep on ripping. Let's, let's keep on let's keep on ripping. So uh, yeah. <laughs> so so thank you very much for listening to Saint Dominic's Weekly. If you'd like to help us out, you know what to do to share us on social media, say good things about us, rate us, and tell us tell other people to uh, share the joy. And as we continue in this Advent season, may we truly prepare to receive the Lord at Christmas and always radiate His joy here. In the heart of the city. Amen. Amen. <laughs>